Shut up and sit down. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with the not so aerodynamic Matley Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hapler, and Jake Von Turing. Enjoy. Watts, bonk, slam, snap, off, tempo, shammy, carback, endo, cadence, hammer, fondo, arrow, threshold, breakaway, century, peloton, and VO2 max. On my bicycle, singing my song. On my bicycle ride. Choose your arch enemy from the following list. Mountain biker, triathlete, clueless cyclist, motorist, pothole, or gluten. On our bicycle ride. Everyone's out in will be more than happy to share the road with an environmentally conscious and active citizen like yourself. Hey, get a car. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Fondering, and I'm here with Lance friggin' Hepler. Lance friggin' Hepler. In studio. Friggin welcome fracker. to my podcast. Oh, our podcast. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's just not the way I <laughs> no. look at things. <laughs> I take ownership of things that aren't mine to own. Fair enough. <laughs> Holding hands with Lance Hepler, Mr. Matt Legrand. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking pretty good. You just look silky smooth. Looking good. New haircuts all around. <laughs> Jake, get on it. I am about six weeks overdue. I'm getting yep. a little shaggy, guys. <laughs> um, we have somebody that is joining us on the podcast today. Special guest. Lance, would you like to introduce our guest? This is our uh, very good friend and teammate who uh, we uh, had some incidents with this weekend. This is Chris Surratt joining us from Albany, Oregon. Chris, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I still don't have a catchy tagline. (laughs) He's alive! (laughs) Oh, Chris, it's so good to hear your voice. You sound like you're in yeah, relatively good spirits, and uh, that's the that's the drugs kicking in. That's the drugs talking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, having Chris on today is actually going to be part of our topic, but um, we're gonna we're gonna do story time. That's our topic this week. Story, story time. time. We're gonna talk about. Oh, I don't know. Maybe sometimes we got into a little bit of a I don't know bicycle crash or whatnot. Maybe had an injury <laughs> or two. Maybe broke one or two bones or seventeen. It depends on who you're talking <laughs> to. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, we're going to tell some stories, but first and foremost, Chris, how are you feeling? Um. Well, you know, I've been better, but all things considered, I'm I'm doing all right. Yeah. yeah. You. Yeah. Were discharged from the hospital yesterday after being there for what three nights? Uh. Yeah. Three nights. Oh. This is Thursday yeah. that we're recording this, and yes, Sunday, uh, Chris was involved in a little incident in a bike race yeah and so and podcast is coming out on thursday because uh lance and i were down visiting him in the hospital we on Monday. normal record day. <laughs> record record day and time so um chris 
what happened? <laughs> tell us, tell us, uh, tell us kind of how this all went down from your perception. Sure. So, uh, long story short, we were doing the rally, the Valley road race. Um, you know, I, Lance and I managed to, to hang with the field for the final sprint, which barely, we, barely, we, we didn't think was going to happen, but, uh, we ended up there. We had, I think all five of us in, in great position to, I think we could have swept we all three categories. Yeah. Um, I was coming up for the sprint on the right side. Um, and we were kind of going through a, like a gradual little left turn coming into the line. And out of my left eye, I saw the entire field just kind of move right. And the next thing I know, uh, I felt my teammate Ian crash into my side. Um, I had nowhere to go, but, but right. Uh, unfortunately there was no more road to the right. There was just, uh, a deep ditch, uh, filled with water, but really with a cement culvert. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. All the bad things. Um, the last thing I remember is, uh, my front wheel kind of headed down into the ditch. Um, and I just tucked my arms and, and hoped for the best. Um, didn't really lose consciousness, but the next thing I remember was laying on the side of the road, um, trying to breathe. Uh, so yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, that's rough. Yeah. If I, yeah. We're still not a hundred percent sure how it all went down. There just so happened to be a photographer on site that was there shooting with a, I think it was like a 600 mil lens. Oh, wow. He, mm -hmm. it, was, yeah. it was a big giant of a cannon of a lens and he got a bunch of great photos and you can see kind of everything starting to transpire. You can see Ian flying off of his bike. You can see Ian making contact with uh, Chris and then you can see Ian hitting the ground, but Chris is no longer in frame. Um, meaning that he went off the road pretty quickly. We were coming down. It was a slight downhill, maybe a 1% at most grade, yeah. but it's a slight downhill and it, it, it had a slight fade to the left. They did not open up the road at 200 meters uh, just simply because it's you know country road and they, they couldn't close the road down. Plus there's a rumble strip in the middle of the road. Yeah. So you really did not want to hit that center line for any reason at all. And the, came around that bend um, after the 200 meters. I think that the incident of the contact probably happened at about maybe 50 or 60 meters or maybe even a little bit closer than that. It was, it was within 50 meters of yeah. the actual finish line. We were, it was at a point where we, everybody was up out of the saddle and digging, digging. Yeah. yeah. How fast do you think you were going? Like 35. Ugh. Yeah. I think Chris said, yeah. His GPS or his computer said it was 34, so yeah. 34, 35 yeah. miles an hour. That's just that's a that's not a speed you want to be going nope. when you hit the deck or when you hit an embankment or a culvert or the ground or anything. So the fact that Chris was able to walk away with just, it, Grant, it was a lot of broken bones. I mean, <laughs> seven, 17, seventeen broken bones. Chris, do you want to give us the laundry list of of bones that you broke? Sure. Yeah. And I actually checked out with the doctor yesterday and now we're at 18. Bro. Oh, 18. Okay. <laughs> so Jesus, I got to go amend. So yeah, I uh, <laughs> broke, uh, all 12 ribs, uh, down my left side on the, the back of my rib cage. Uh, I've got transverse process fractures on L1 through L4. 
So uh, transverse process fracture on C7. And just to add insult to injury, I broke my clavicle. Oh, so. God. <laughs> Was that all just from that initial impact, do you think? I mean, or do you think that there was like some fence involved there? I, I, I mean, I guess it had to be. Yeah. I, I think it was all just that first shot into the, the bank. Um, I don't think I hit the fence. I remember kind of crawling up to the fence to, to hold myself up and get some air, but I don't yeah. think I actually hit the fence. No. Yeah. Chris just didn't really, he doesn't really have any road rash. Yeah. Which means it's a big thud. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he didn't, it looks like he, he impacted with the grass embankment. Yeah. And that's where all the damage came from. It wasn't, he didn't hit the cement culvert, thankfully. He, uh, he didn't hit the pavement before he hit the embankment. And yeah. So I think that's why all those injuries just came from hitting the, I don't think he hit the fence either. I think he just kind of flopped to it. Going 34, 35 miles an hour and getting knocked off your bike like that, I am like blown away that his helmet was perfect. I don't, I mean, I think it had some grass or some mud or water on it, but it, it didn't look like it took any impact that was significant. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Your your kit was fully intact, as you just told us not too long ago, right? Yeah, yeah. I I hit the bank at 35 miles an hour and you, my kit looks brand new. So <laughs> the, the base layer that you were wearing, though, did get cut off. So, I mean, that that's gone, right? Yeah, yeah. Base layer's <laughs> dead, but that's, you know, I'll, I'll take that. So. And and the bike. Tell us about the bike. How's the bike? More importantly. <laughs> um, it, honestly, it, it looks okay. I haven't really dug deep into it, but, you know, the bars are a little twisted. The saddle's dirty. It, it looks fine. So, you know, I'll, I'll really dig into it before I ride it, but it looks good. Both the, both the hoods had been pushed in towards center line. It looked like it had a very like aggressive gravel set yes, up to it. Yes, is what it looked like. <laughs> we straightened yeah. those out yeah. before we hauled it back. But That was such a, a wild finish for me because this all happened behind me. I didn't see any of it. We came across the finish line. And I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more, but I was dealing with some really nasty cramps at that point in time. So the second we crossed the finish line, I sat down and just got into a spin mode to try and get my legs to stop cramping. And I kept riding. I went up the road for maybe a half mile, three quarters of a mile to a mile. I don't even know how far it was, but I rode all the way up there. I turned around and I talked to one of the other guys who was right next to me when we finished. Neither one of us knew anything that happened and we were like congratulating each other. And I'm thinking to myself, where did these jackholes go? How come they didn't come over here to talk to me? I want to know what everybody's finished results were and how everything went back. And I don't see anybody anywhere. I'm like, those they must have gone somewhere else to cool down and they don't like me anymore. And I rode back to the car, still didn't see anybody, got in the car, put my bike away, got changed, started eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and oh walked over to go check on Ian because I saw his bike over there and walk up and I see Ian and Ian's like, got mud all over him. He's dirty and he's like spraying a water bottle on himself to try and clean himself up. And I start talking to him and he didn't seem like himself. He was just very like Ooh. monotoned, no affection in his face seemed a little bit off. I'm like, Ian, why are you what all you dirty? He's like, I crashed. I'm like, where did you crash? I saw you at the end of the race. He's like, I crashed at the finish line. I'm like, what? You've got to be kidding me. And, and like, he was just, again, he wasn't himself. And then he's like, Oh, uh, Chris went down too. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, he's still down over there. I'm like, oh, no. And uh, I looked over there, and I can see people. I'm like, oh, crap. So 
threw my peanut butter jelly sandwich back in the car, ran over there, and, and Lance gave me the the lowdown on what happened. I missed everything. I didn't yeah. know any of that happened, and I felt kind of bad because like I was back, kind of taking my time and just getting ready and calling it a day. Jake Jake was on the front going for the win, uh, which is where he should have been and where we were hoping that he would be. <laughs> uh, his main um, competitor, Jason Evans, who is a fantastic road racer. He was right next to Jake, and we'll 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 uh, we'll, we'll wait to see how <laughs> that panned out later. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't pan out so well for Jake. Uh, but I was uh, so that's why Jake didn't see what happened yeah. and didn't hear what happened. I was on Jason's wheel or on Scott Schultz's wheel, which is right behind Jason. Yeah. And both Ian and Chris were behind me because I was kind of trying to lead them both out. Me. Chris, Ian, all in different fields, 40s, 50s, 60s. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping that I could slingshot off of Jason Evans and bring both Ian and Chris to come up yeah. around. So that's why we were all kind of going full gas. But uh, yeah, 50 meters from the line, I felt something scrub my rear wheel, mm-hmm. and I heard Ian hit the deck. Yeah, Ian's okay as well, um, but he did get a lot of road rash, and a concussion. A concussion and a growing strain? And a groin strain. Yeah. yeah. So he's off the bike for a so He's bit. off the bike for a bit, but he... How's his bike? I don't know. His bike, unscathed. Wow. Uh, yeah, he took the brunt with his yeah, he, he, body. He body. broke his helmet. Yeah, his, cracked his helmet. His, his helmet's done, and his kit's got some holes in the back that are yeah. pretty much making that <coughs> no good, too. So uh, It'll be perfect for the summer summer months. Yeah, the, right. Well, he's still trying to be ready for... For Baker City, which is uh, in a month. month of, it's a month away. It's yeah. a month away. Yeah. Okay. He should be fine. I've been texting back and forth with him, and he says he's feeling a lot better. He's just a little sore right now. But if it was maybe two weeks out, yeah. Maybe not. But, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, Chris. Well, I, I heard Ian yeah. hit the deck and turned to see Chris go head first oh. <laughs> into the embankment. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, dude, I started screaming expletives, and I'm surprised I didn't get uh, disqualified by Obra for screaming expletives as I came across the finish line. And I immediately whipped back around. That's why you didn't see me, Jake, because I immediately whipped back around and was going straight back to where Chris was. As you should, and I would have done the same thing had I known. So, So. Crazy. So, yeah, Chris, unfortunately, was there with 18 broken bones laying on his (laughs) side that was all jacked up for 20 minutes. And then, uh, you know, paramedics showed up and got him stabilized and tapped him with an IV and got some pain management stuff going on there. And then Chris seemed like he was a little, granted, still in pain, but a little bit more comfortable, um, which was good because we were all pretty nervous. But he, he, you know, said bye to us as they closed the, the ambulance door and told us all that we're number one. We're number one. <laughs> Classic picture of that. I think that might even be your new Facebook profile picture, which was it awesome is, yeah. to see. Um, and then he headed off to the hospital. Now, going forward, Chris, you had you didn't have any broken bones that required surgery, correct? Like, it, yeah, everything was still in place and in line. So, gotcha. So, no, I was fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. No surgery. No displaced fractures that required surgery. Soft tissue is all good. Yeah, soft tissue is good. I had just a touch of blood on my lungs, but it's mostly dissipated. So, you know, while eighteen bones sounds terrible, I was fortunate. 
to yeah. really end up like I did. So. You're fortunate that you hit the grass embankment and not the cement culvert that was two feet further to yeah. the left. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, gosh, I think that the hardest thing is like all of the training that you've been doing, getting ready for the summer and yeah. the, the big giant aspirations you had. I mean, Unbound Gravel, was Steamboat, High Cascade 100, yep. Baker yep. City. Oh, yeah. All of all these of things. Those. Now, are the doctors giving you a timeline? I'm guessing with non-displaced fractures, you're looking at about six weeks before like your quote-unquote um, bones have healed themselves and you're probably going to be dealing with some pain and discomfort and you're supposed to probably maybe yeah. start easing back into things over the, the following weeks after that. Is is that the protocol that they've given you? Yeah, uh, my doctor said it's completely dictated by my comfort level. You know, if I want to... Which means Chris will be back on the train next week. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I've already told people, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I've I put money down that you're going to be on the trainer within three weeks of the accident. So <laughs> with this plan yeah, that you're going to make it back to do some of these races. Yeah, I'm. my goal right now is to, you know, I won't hit some of the late season stuff in the form I'd, I'd hoped, but my goal yeah. is to still be able to ride some of that. Yeah. When, when was your rest week? <laughs> after, uh, after Unbound? It was actually... <laughs> Yeah, well, I was yeah this week I think. Oh really? Unbound. Yeah, trying to recover from it. Un Unbound gravel is next Saturday. Like a week. A week from this Saturday, so ten days away. Gotcha. So yeah, so and that was that was Chris's big goal, his initial big goal for the year yeah. was to do the two hundred mile Unbound gravel race and not suffer as much as he did last yeah. year <laughs> well chris included now chris has had injuries before in the past and lance has had injuries and matt's had injuries before when you initially get into that like i crashed and i hurt myself it doesn't really start to sink in until you're maybe like three four or five days in and you start to have like the i don't know the whole thing like comes to like fruition and you're like oh i'm really gonna be off the bike for a while and all that work that i've been doing is gonna be lost and things are being taken away from you that maybe I had signed up for that I wanted to do. And there's going to be this whole road to recovery. So you kind of go through these phases of at first, you're just more of like, I'm, I just want to feel better. I don't want to hurt and I want to get better. And then you start to get a little bit sad. Then you start to get a little bit angry. And then all of that stuff eventually will pass. And you get to a phase where like, you know what? I, I can't sit here and, and wallow in my, my self pity. I I'm going to, I'm going to rally. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to start like coming up with a, a plan and a game plan to get back into it. That's going to be a different timeline for everybody. And I know for me, it was really hard because my injuries when I had the, the car incident um, were a little bit more long-term because of all the soft tissue damage I had. So I, I was kind of stuck in those phases for and longer many periods of time. Surgeries and many well. surgeries. Many yeah. surgeries. So, but for Chris, I think, I'm so thankful that it's just, you know, you got to wait for bones to heal. And then there's really at the end of the day, you're not having to talk about getting hardware put in or taken out. You're not talking about having to rehab soft tissue that can take months or sometimes years. Um, where are you at right now mentally, Chris? I mean, you had a lot of stuff on the the um, the docket for this, this summer, but wh where are you at with respect to uh, your, your mental process? I mean, do you have some goals? Do you have like a, a game plan that you're starting to reformulate? Because I know that you're always one to have an idea of where you're headed and what you want to do. Where are you at right now? Sure. You know, right now I'm still, I'm probably in that, the sad phase, you know, I'm, I'm bummed to miss, you know, racing with my friends this summer. Um, and like I said, I was working hard for, for unbound and there's going to be some serious FOMO for the next few weeks. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to have to 
live through Lance and David as they crush it. And now um, me, but, me and David are now taking over the uh, Airbnb that uh, that Chris had rented for himself. <laughs> that you guys crashed somewhere. <laughs> we were just going to crash his Airbnb. Now we're taking over the Airbnb. But but yeah, I uh, I'm going to be you know back on the trainer as soon as I can. And you know my I I, I recognize that you know my my form is probably gone for the summer, but I. You know, I intend to be able to do, you know, long rides by the end of the summer um, and, and do some things, you know, like maybe Steamboat, maybe Swiss Summit, and just do them at a a casual pace, yeah. you know, which is hard for me to swallow, but, you know, it'll be... If Chris is going to do it at a casual pace, I might be able to actually go do it with him. I can keep up that way. <laughs> Steam, uh, Steamboat is in August? August. Late August. Late yeah. August, okay. Well, that's good to see. Um, I... I have a sneaking suspicion you're not going to lose as much fitness as you are, and I have a sneaking suspicion you're going to be back at it a lot sooner than like anybody would else think that you would be. I I just oh, there's, yeah. there's just something about you where you just don't sit still, you don't accept like you don't take no for an answer, like no you can't do this right now, like like hell I can't. <laughs> watch me, you know. I see right. Chris saying that. Oh, like, yeah. Hold my beer. Here you go. Yeah, my my stubborn's going to kick in really soon. So. <laughs> Uh, have you conveyed any of this to your wife? Yeah, she is um, not as excited about it as I am, but you know she she supports me one hundred percent. Yeah, so she's she's awesome. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think I think the big thing that you know we appreciate you coming on the podcast, but I think the team really wants to hear your voice. We want to hear that you're okay. Like we're a lot of us are worried about you, and it's just really good to hear that you're okay i know you're not 100 percent okay or anything like that but i mean like it's just good sure. to hear that you're all right man because that's super scary stuff for us to hear about a really bad crash and we all start to worry it's good to hear yeah. from you yeah no it's uh i'm i'm lucky to be here i you know yep I'm, absolutely and having this team around me has been huge you know if if you're not on a good team go find one because this yeah. team has been awesome like I said, can't support a nicer guy. So anything we can do to help you out. So it's it's been a pleasure, and we just want to see you get better because we want you out there doing your thing. Oh yeah, you know, I'll be there. I talked to Ian. Um, I talked to Ian for like a half an hour the other day, and I asked him kind of how he was feeling about it. You know, and the the fact that in road racing, it's it this kind of thing is always a risk. It's yeah. it's something and. And, you know, Ian basically told me, look, this is the risk that I accept by racing on the road. Yeah. I, I know that this is a possibility. And if you do enough road races, eventually you're going to hit the deck, mm -hmm. you know, at, at some point. And hopefully it's a way in which you're not injured badly mm -hmm. or permanently. And so I'm... You know, I don't want to scare people off from road racing, but it is kind of an accepted danger when you line up to race in close proximity to other people. I guess it's not just road racing. I mean, cyclocross. Uh, I mean, this cyclocross. The, the the crashes you're, are you're tend going not to be lower and then you got slower. softer surface. Yes. it's just like there's some there's some pluses to that. Well, like at Gravel Locos in yeah. in Hico, Texas this last weekend. Pace McKelvin, it was a 150 mile race and Pace McKelvin was 
in the final move with three miles to go uh, with only three people in the break, and he just inadvertently crossed a wheel mm-hmm. and went down and had such a bad concussion that he didn't know where he was or what he was doing. Yeah. So, you know, and going, you know, 28 or 29 or 30 miles an hour on gravels, it was just, you know, it just happened. Yeah. So I, I know there's like this, as, as racers, we kind of accept the possibility that something like this can happen. Now, we certainly don't want it to happen, and we kind of bark at people when they we think they're riding unsafely and yep. might cause something to happen. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. Chris, what are your feelings about this? Because it's all kind of raw and angry and sad at the moment. So, Sure. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. It's It's a risk that you... You have to accept, and if and if you don't accept it, you're lying to yourself because eventually, you're going to crash. And, and you know, I, I look through that. You know, I'm looking at these pictures of this crash. I'm trying to figure out whose fault it is. You know, who did what to? Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, who was the idiot in it here? It was some. It's all Lance's fault. Yeah. It's probably my fault because they were on my wheel. So <laughs> it's always Lance's fault. But you know, at the end of the day, it was a guy racing his bike. He was trying to win a bike race. So you know, at the end of the day, it's just kind of the way it works. So. Uh, and it sucks and it yeah. hurts, but you know, it, it's inevitable. So hmm. do you remember everything? Does, do you have any recollection of like every last little minute or second of that whole transaction? Or is it something where you're still kind of like, it happens so fast you're, you're, you're missing out on things. I mean, we're trying to put it together. And I, I know that you said you felt the field kind of collapse on you a little bit and you just had nowhere to go, but did you see anything yeah. or was there anything that kind of concerned you? I mean, I don't want to throw people under the bus here, but because just, it, I don't um, think it was intentional. Was, sure. But there was definitely, I'd say there was more movement from the, you know, back middle of the field than was necessary. Cause you know, those, those guys were racing for, for 10th place and, you know, it was probably more aggressive in the back than it, it could have or should have been. But, mm. you know, again, everybody's there to, this was to a- race their bike. But, you know, I definitely saw everything come right and i just happened to be the guy that didn't have any more room to get out of the way yeah ouch i I tell you um i feel extremely guilty myself just because it happened directly behind me and when something happens like that directly behind you you don't know if if i caused it or not yeah there was a good series of pictures though lance and if you go back and look at the pictures and you can start like even like measure like the distance from you from like certain landmarks that you can see like the, the side of the road like if there was a line or whatever there yeah if you just pay attention to that you had some deviation but it was all within like the normal acceptable amount like you're you should be able to move a little bit and you're going to move a little bit when you're out of the saddle and you're following lines and people are expected to follow their lines and they're exposed to they should be giving you a little bit of a berth especially if they're starting to half wheel you like if you're going to move two inches or three inches and they're that close to you with their wheel you should be able they to are in the much. wrong spot they are not protecting their front yeah. wheel and you know that that's kind of on them but no matter who it is but you know just when you're in the heat of the moment it's all happening so fast and right. you're just doing your best to get to the line things are going to happen so i don't know it's just bad luck yeah that's really what it boils down to bad luck and, and unfortunately chris and ian got the short end of the that stick they so got the brunt of it yeah Ah, Chris, um, 
how did you sleep at home last night? That was your first night home. How did that go? Um, it, it actually was, was better than I, I thought. Um, you know, in the hospital, someone's waking you up every hour to check on you, to take blood, uh-huh. to change an IV. So to be able to just, you know, sleep three hours, wake up, take my pain meds, sleep a few more hours. Um, it was, it was not comfortable. You know, I'm half my body's broken, so it's hard to find a comfortable position, but <laughs> um, it, it, it was good to be home. Yeah. Did you sleep in a recliner? Yeah. Gotcha. I just can't I, yeah, lay down. Recliner. You just can't lay down all the way. It puts too much pressure on the broken ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Are there some ribs that hurt yep. worse than others, or is it just all just massive pain up and down your whole entire? I've I've got two kind of hot spots that hurt more. One kind of right up below my neck, and one you know way down low in my flank, more toward my kidney. But mm-hmm. so it hurts everywhere. You know, it's a. <laughs> I still can't believe that it, it's just the broken bones. I mean, it's it, it's fantastic. It sucks, but it's fantastic that it it wasn't worse. I mean, yeah. Could you imagine yeah. if you were having to have surgery to put things back together? I mean, yeah. like if you'd broken your vertebrae just a little bit worse, your clavicle and you're under the knife and all that other stuff, it could have been a lot worse. And it's bad. It's super bad. But it could sure. have been a lot yeah. worse. Absolutely. Hmm. All right. Back to story time. Okay. Lance Hepler, do you have any injury stories, crashes, funny, I, sad, indifferent that you would like to share? I, well, I have, I have several. I've yeah. had, I've had many injuries. I know we've talked about some injuries over the the course of time doing this podcast. It's inevitable that they come up too. But any that you would like to share, like and how you got through them? Uh, yeah. So the most recent, I will say. So last year was terrible for me. I, I got COVID in June and it, it laid me out for like six weeks. It wasn't good, and I was finally recovering from COVID, and then I had a very stupid slow speed crash <laughs> on my road bike where I broke two ribs mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. I I literally all I did was fall over because I couldn't clip out in time mm-hmm. that's what happened but I landed on some stairs, stairs. Yeah, yeah I remember that and so and I was with Jake this is your fault again Jake. actually it was his fault I was in front of Jake but I fell over and broke some ribs and freaking a I could not I couldn't get out of bed for three days yeah. with two broken ribs. Yeah. The only reason I got out of bed is because I went to the hospital to get x-rays taken to make sure that I hadn't punctured a lung or something. And, uh, I, and yeah, it kind of torpedoed the rest of my year mm-hmm. last year, even though I still recovered. It took, me, it took me a couple weeks before I could ride again, and then I still ended up racing like half of the cross season Mm -hmm. so i still was able to recover and race although i sucked (laughs) i shouldn't say i sucked i was a shadow of my usual race self um and so that was difficult or complicated but now i don't i have no i have no residual issues from it at all i was able to heal up and be okay so that was kind of a, a slow speed, silly, stupid crash that could happen to anybody. But, you know, I'm not. Anybody who doesn't know how to unclip out of their <laughs> pedal, right? can unclip from their right. pedal. A lot of us don't know how to unclip. <laughs> well, it was, it was because I was, I, I fell on some stairs. I was yeah, trying I to like skirt yeah. past some stairs and I just like. I thought he was trying to be funny. I'm like, 
Why did you just do that, Lance? <laughs> that, did that hurt? <laughs> You're like, you can't talk. <laughs> I think I told him immediately. I just broke my ribs. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, it was not good. But, I mean, the worst crash I've had so far, I was actually with Chris. It was with Chris Surratt. Coming off Palomar Mountain. It was coming off Palomar Mountain. We were at training camp, and this was four years ago, I think. I think it was four years ago. I remember remember this one. Yeah, and Chris and I were descending Palomar, and we were over 40 miles an hour, and we were cruising down this, you know, this mountain road, and Chris and I were trying to catch Robert Cummings, who was out in front of us, and um, I was, Chris was on the front, and I was six inches behind Chris, but just to the left, like four inches, so that I could see the line that was coming and there was a baseball sized rock sitting on in the middle of the road on a shadow line. Mm -hmm. So Chris didn't see it. I didn't see it. And I drilled it directly with my front tire. And so, and that it bucked me straight off the bike, uh, at 42 miles an hour. Yep. So luckily, um, I kind of ninja rolled once I got bucked and I didn't hit my head. I think sometimes when you're when you don't like come to a direct stop like Chris did, like I feel like when you slide along the pavement or whatever, yeah. it's like it's almost it's almost easier. Like yeah, you lose skin. Yeah, you your jersey's gone. Yeah, but there's a like a slow to a stop situation. Yeah. I think I think it's easier. That that's how I've crashed in the past, and it's oh yeah. And that's what happened. I went over the bars. I landed on my right yep. hip. Yeah. Um, and then tumbled, you know, eight times and lost skin and, yeah. and it actually snapped my seat off the, the bike post and cracked my top tube. So my bike was destroyed. Um, but I, as soon as I slid to a stop, I jumped up immediately and because I'm like, and I checked and my check shoulders, body, yeah. I checked my body and my shoulders. And I'm like, oh, I might be okay. I'm okay. And I thought I was okay. And like, I stood up and like. I didn't break my collarbones. My shoulders feel okay. I'm missing skin everywhere. My bike's broken, but uh, I think I'm okay. And uh, within about 15 minutes, I couldn't walk because, um, I, and we ended up going to the hospital because I I chipped my hip bone. I didn't break my hip, but I chipped a chunk off of my hip bone that didn't need surgery. But uh, yeah, it kept me. Some people I was have on, a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> I have a chip in my butt. <laughs> my butt oh. chip. But I was on crutches for like yeah, like two weeks to to let it try to heal up. That's supposed so, to be longer than that, but of course, Lance. They told know, me six being weeks the best on crutches, patient in the world. and I went, "What? You're no, like, I'll be on the bike in a week. <laughs> <laughs> Rub some dirt on it." Uh, oh man. Yeah, so that was ugly. Lance Hepler. If you don't know this right off the top of your head, think about it. How many bones have you broken in your time? Could it be for anything? It doesn't have to be bike related, but just in general, how many bones have you broken? Um, three ever. So a hip and two ribs. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Right, knock on some wood. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris crushed you in the bone breaking. <laughs> yeah, crushed me in the bone breaking. <laughs> KOM props. Yeah, Chris. In addition to the 18 that you just broke, how many other bones have you broken in your day? Um, I've done a couple ribs and a wrist, you know, maybe six or seven. So I just. So you're, you know, in, the, you're in the 20s my now. Total yeah. Three yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good on you. <ya. laughs> 
Matt? I think I would say I haven't really broken any bones other than like surgery where they like purposely went in and chipped bone out. Okay. You just like to tear things like AC joints and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So sticks to the soft tissue variety. So, yeah. Is that a triathlete thing? Soft tissue only? I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, do you have any crash stories or nothing nothing great. I don't have any great crash stories. I think I was similar speed, like thirty to thirty five ish when I when the Trek speed concept stem decided that it was no longer wanting to function and snapped and it was not uh, it was not structurally but, stable anymore. Like I was talking with Lance, like it was much more of a um like a roll. Like I, I stem broke and I rolled onto my right side. Uh, basically, it was just like you don't have time to think, right? You're good, right just going onto down. the pavement, right onto the pavement. Yeah. But then you know, like slid on my back or whatever, kind of a front roll, and you know, head was fine, like just like the shoulder took the most of the brunt of it. And you, you know, you slide to a stop, and then the same thing, like you pop up, and you're like, I might be okay. Like that was a, that, you know, we're coming down pretty fast, but I might be okay. And someone's and like, then uh, the, bro, the, uh, then uh, check your shoulder. Sudden, yeah, all of a sudden you're like, yeah, 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 that shoulder's hurting a lot. And drooping. So there's that. And Evan was with me. So he was like, Evan literally was like grabbing my shoulder. He's like, oh, yeah, that's broken. <laughs> he's moving it around. He's grabbing it and moving it around. Because he's a PT. Tell, like, he tell just, me if this hurts. He's like oh, yeah. immediately just like, let me just if you know, the, let me just play with this for a second. Because, like, you know, he's thinking like PT. He's a medical. Right. He's going right into medicine. Like, yeah, this, he doesn't care if it hurts. Like, Freak, Evan, what I'm are like, you doing? I'm like, I cannot. No one touch or look at this shoulder. Was Evan's nose broken? <laughs> so much after pain. That? Speaking uh, of broken bones. No, he was he was great. He was super helpful. But yeah, I mean, it's very small potatoes compared to you guys um, with these crashes. And man, I think it's one of those things where when you have little kids and stuff like that, they're just like looking at you like big eyes, like they're worried about you. They're worried about dad. Like, oh, is he okay? And I was just like so thankful because you had crashed relatively i don't know it was maybe like a year before or whatever and so my whole thing was like oh if i can't sleep that's not good mm-hmm. and and i went home you know wife like put me to bed and it was just like i could sleep and i just woke up and i was like so thankful that i could sleep because yeah. i think that's i think that's really important oh yeah and so man it's i was just so worried like oh i'm not going to be able to sleep i'm going to be in the same situation where i'm sleeping in a recliner or whatever but i was i was okay yeah, you had a pretty good minor injury not too long ago. When, weren't you doing some like big, mountain biking, big gap jump or something yes. like that on your mountain I'm bike a, and I'm, throw a like a little knack knack? A lot of people don't know no this about point me, back. but yeah, mountain biking. I do a lot of downhill mountain biking, and uh, but I don't anymore. <laughs> so uh, just just went off the cliff behind. So there's like a, a lot of steep climbs back behind Fallen Leaf Lake, and I just didn't make a turn in the front wheel washed out, and then. Um, I thought I saved myself, but then I kind of like went down the edge of an embankment or whatever. And yeah, I still have like a dent in my shin and um, it just didn't heal that well. I still have a bad scar on my shin from that. Um, But yeah, that was on, it was maybe, gosh, a year and a half ago or so. And I'm not going back on those trails again. Hardcore. Yeah. (laughs) That was on, it was on like Super Bowl Sunday. I was like, let me just go do a quick, trail ride or whatever and then i'll come back and watch the thing and i come back and i'm just like blood everywhere (laughs) (laughs) well i have had plenty of broken bones um a funny thing is is they all almost all of them relate back to cycling (laughs) there Mm. is one where i did break my back when i was 14 years old and that's when i used to ride motorcycles and that's what 
led me to start riding bicycles because the parents said, um, yeah, oh. no more motorcycles for you. You can ride bicycles though. I'm like, bicycles right. are so much safer. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Oops. so yeah, minus the, you know, uh, <laughs> thoracic three, four, five, six, and seven fractures and, and brokenness back there. And the steel rods that I have in the fusion and all that other stuff that, um, a lot of people wouldn't know that I have that unless I told them or they yeah. saw the, the gargantuan scar on my back. Um, you know, that was a lot of years ago when I was 14 and I have managed with that just fine. And then fast forward and, and this injury is the one that I kind of relate to Chris a little bit. Granted, it was just one bone that I broke, but this is why I know that Chris is going to be back with with vengeance and it's going to be a lot sooner because I kind of been there and I know that Chris is a bit of a masochist. I mean, he's <laughs> he, he likes to suffer and he is going to do whatever it's going to take and he's probably going to you know, push the envelope more than I did. Um, and I've told this story before. It was back, it was 10 years ago, be 10 years ago this year, I was getting ready for a mountain bike race and I just got done doing a full service on my mountain bike and I went out to kind of just shake it down and make sure that it was spot on. I wanted to go do my leg openers. It was a beautiful night and I was riding on a single track trail that was really flowy and it was one of my favorites. And I came around a Southern corner. Southern California. Southern California, came around a corner and there's a deer standing right in the middle of the trail not much room like if on the left hand side it went down like a like kind of a, a bank if you will it's like, like a bench cut trail it kind of yes yeah and uh, to the right was like going up like a, a bank so again like a, a bench cut trail like lynch just said and so i see her she sees me she goes left down the embankment i'm like yeah that, that's a good call in the back of my head because i don't want to go down that and i figured that i could go to the right because there was a little bit of room to get around her and so she went down her way and I went to my right and my tires washed out and I went immediately to the ground and there was some little baby head sized little rocks on the ground there. I landed directly on that on my hip. And the second I hit it, I knew something was wrong. And I like you kind of hit it and like your whole body just goes and like it almost knocked the wind out of me as well. And you just know that like your whole side kind of tightens up, goes limp, hurts like hell. And I'm like, that's not good. I went to get up. I could not stand. There was no like, oh, I stood around for 10, 15 minutes, and then all of a sudden it hurt. Like, yeah. I could not stand. I could not put any pressure on it. And I'm like, this is not good. Stood there for a few minutes um, after using my bike to, to kind of prop myself back up. You know, you get on a knee, and then you kind of put your hands up on the bike, and you use it to stand yeah. yourself up. And I'm like, all right, I think I'll be fine. I think that if I can get to the bottom of this trail, I'll, I'll feel better and I'll be able to start pedaling through it. And I'll, I'll soft pedal the, the two or three miles it is to get out of here. And it was not flat. It's just rolling up and down through like creek crossings and whatnot. It's like one of the most fun. If I took you to ride on this trail, Lance, you'd have like perma smile for like for days because you can just go flying through this. It's, it was awesome. But I'm like thinking to myself, how the hell am I going to get out of here? So I, it took me the longest time to negotiate that bike to get it underneath me. And I was able to get back on it eventually, though. And I I couldn't clip in because it just hurt too bad. So I just kind of rested my foot there and just went really slow. Went all the way back down to the bottom of these. Jake, you freaking rode your bike out? Hold on. But, but <laughs> if he's there I, I, at night, I, like, I, what else do you do? It, it's If you're it's, there at night, you're just like, yeah. oh, I guess I'm here till the, till the, till morning, the morning until some yeah. cyclist comes. It was in. the end of September-ish, and it was, um, you know, Southern California, and it was about 6.30 or 6 o'clock at night that this happened, so it was dusk. I should have been home from that point in time. If i just ridden straight home, I would have been home in, like, 15 minutes. But I'm thinking to myself, how, how am I going to make this happen? Thankfully, there's cell service back there. But anyway, going back to the story, I coast down to the bottom of this. It's probably maybe a quarter to a half a mile that I coasted. I get to the bottom where it's a flat section before a little climb to go do these fun little things to get out that I was talking about. 
And I tried to do one pedal stroke and I got about a quarter of the way through it and it was like screaming, excruciating pain. I'm like, nope, this isn't going to happen. And it was so bad that I, I stopped and figured out a way to get the bike out from underneath me again, sat down because I was starting to get lightheaded, called my wife on the phone and said, um, I had an accident. She knew exactly where I was at because she run, ran through there all the time. And she's like, oh my gosh, do you want me to call the paramedics and we'll get a helicopter out there for you and EMTs and all the things? I'm like, oh no, hold on a second. I'm like, just talk me through this real quick. I, I, I need to make sure that I let you know where I'm at because I'm starting to feel faint. If I pass out, this is exactly where I'm at. And she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, I'm going to call them right now. I'm like, hold on. And starts to pass a little bit. And in that moment, you hear these little bells coming down the trail. I'm like, oh, there's, Somebody's a, coming. there's, there's a cyclist coming. And sure enough, like these two guys came down and one of their sons as well. And they came across me and said, dude, are you okay? And I told them what happened. And, and I'm like, I, I need to figure out how to get out of here. And like, we'll, we'll help you. Just tell us what you want us to do. And I told my wife, I'm like, all right, these guys are going to help me. We'll figure out a way to get out of here. I need you to meet me at the trailhead. We'll be out there as soon as we possibly can. I'll call you again if it doesn't work out. So I get back on the bike. Um, after hanging up with her, they were there to help me. So it was a little bit less painful. Got my foot clipped in this time with their help oh. and clipped in on both sides. These guys <laughs> pushed me up the first hill and got me to all the flat spots and down spots so I could just coast. And every time I got to a, a climb section, they would ride next to me. They would um, stop, and then I would stop. They would grab the bike again so I didn't fall over, have to clip out, and they would push me up over the next hill. So I did this for like – it was – it should have taken – like I said, 10 or 15 minutes to get out of there probably took like 40 minutes and they, they would stop and they would push me over every single hill, go through a creek crossing, come up to a little uphill thing. They would push me up it. So I used my mountain bike as a wheelchair. Worked out pretty slick, right? <laughs> we get to the, the end of the trailhead and there's my wife waiting. The guys helped get the bike out from underneath me. Um, we got me situated in the car. They put the bike on the bike rack. I thanked them up and down and I was actually able to connect with them later on, which was kind of a cool thing too, to, to give them like a little thank you thing. But um, wife says, all right, we're taking the hospital. I'm like, oh, hold on a second. Can we go home first? I want to change my kit. I don't want them to cut this off me, <laughs> which we did. And then I went to the hospital and I was admitted and eventually ended up having surgery. They put three titanium uh, deck screws in my hip to put the whole uh, femoral neck back together. You broke your femur. Femoral neck, yes. You broke the femoral neck on your femur. Yeah. And you rode your freaking bike. Yep. <laughs> for like 40 minutes yeah. with a broken femoral neck. Correct. So, and for those of you who don't know what the femoral neck is, you've got the femur, which is the biggest, strongest bone in your body. And then it comes up and it kind of turns at a, a right angle. And that's the neck that connects to the acetabulum from the, the femur uh, that, you know, that your whole hip rotates around. So that neck kind of like broken half. He said if I'd, the doctor said, if I had broken it just a little bit more or if it was um, a situation where I was a little bit older or if I, my bone wasn't the way that it was, I was looking at total hip replacement. Oh, my gosh. And we were able to put those or he was able to put those screws into my hip and put it all back together. And that um, was my saving grace because he told me after the surgery, he's like, on a scale of one to 10, your bone was a 12. He's like, I've been doing this for a long time. I think he's been practicing medicine for like 25 or 30 years. He's like, that was the hardest bone that I've ever drilled into. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll take that as a, you know, oh, wow. <laughs> as a compliment. I guess uh, drink that is, milk as a kid was good, right? Which is probably why it didn't break all the way. Correct. Because your bone, was, and your bone's probably so strong because of the years of weightlifting yeah. and all, weight-bearing exercise. All that. Yeah. 
just being a bigger dude too. So yeah. got to carry on that weight somehow, right? <laughs> so had had surgery, and I remember going in to get uh, my one week checkup. Um, you know, r- cruising around on the, the the crutches and doing all that fun stuff. And I went back in for my one week checkup to see how things were going. And he was going to like start the the protocol for doing physical therapy because he knew that I wanted to get after that right away. And in that process, I said, "Hey, doc, um, you know." How, how long am I going to be off the bike? He's, and he knew I was a cyclist. He's like, well, he's like, you know, not for nothing, but riding a bike and cycling and like on an indoor stationary trainer and through physical therapy is going to be your best friend for developing range of motion and proper strength. I'm like, fantastic. When can I start riding? He's like, well, let's get to day 10. I want you to go to physical therapy. I want you to do your initial evaluation. And then I will clear you to start doing the, like an exercise bike with the, the physical therapist at day 10. I'm like, Okay, what if that goes well? How soon can I get back on the actual bike? He's like, freaking knucklehead. Um, <laughs> he he basically told me, he's like, I can't tell you not to get back on the bike. You're a grown-ass adult, and you're going to make your own decisions. <laughs> but um, if you do get on the bike, first and foremost, don't crash. And second of all, it, it, he, he understood cycling, and he knew about watts and all that other fun stuff and power meters and yada, yada, yada. He's like, you need to keep your watts under a certain threshold. I don't want you to be doing any sprinting whatsoever. You need to keep it at a certain threshold. Do not get out of the saddle. Don't do anything dumb, and you need to listen to your body. I'm like, okay, I can do that. I'm like, that's fine. So when can I get on? And he's like, well, see how it goes with a physical therapist first. Went to physical therapy at day 10, rode on the stationary bike for half an hour, asked the physical therapist what they thought and what they said, well, what did the doctor say? And I'm like, well, I can do whatever I want because that's what I heard, right? <laughs> and they're like, well, don't crash and, and you're an idiot if you do and you're going to prolong this, whatever. But I said, and, and, well, let me back up to the doctor. I'm like, I've got this thing called the Bike MS Ride that I do every year to support um, the MS Society. And it's in Orange County down to San Diego. It's a, a weekend thing. It's 100 miles on the first day and 50 miles on the second day. So it's 150 miles in two days. He's like looking at me, just shaking his head. He's like, are you asking me if you can do that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I... Again, you're going to have to listen to your body. I was like, I can't condone this, but I know you're going to do what you're going to do. Just don't do anything stupid. So anyway, going back to this, got back on the trainer, 10 days out, went fine. 14 days post-op, I went out and I did a 35-mile route um, that I used to do all the time on my road bike. Went great. Didn't feel fantastic. Range of motion sucked. Strength was kind of gone. Not feeling 100%, but it, it didn't make things worse. Yeah. Did a few more training rides. And then I proceeded to three weeks post-op, go out and do the MS-150. Three weeks after a broken. I just had gotten my staples taken out of my hip. (laughs) And I went out and did that that weekend. Oh, my gosh. And it it went really well. (laughs) And me being me, of course, I had a little bit of cramping, probably like mile 85 or 90. But that was right as I was jumping back on the PCH to go north back into Carlsbad. And it's relatively flat. And I was able to spin. And that went away. All's well then as well. So anyway, the, the moral of the story here is, Chris, I think you're going to be just fine, my friend. If my stupidness oh, can yeah. go out there with, you know, granted, the, the titanium screws, like, saved my bacon. If they didn't put titanium screws in there, I would have been bedridden for, like, six yeah. to eight weeks. And then it would have been swapped out for carbon. Carbon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I think that given... Your your brakes, they're they're bad, but they could have been so much worse. If they were displaced, if you were having surgery, if you had soft tissue damage, I think that it would have been much worse. I eighteen broken bones is just ridiculous, but I think you're gonna be good. And I think that 
it's not a time to, to, to wallow. It's not a time to, to feel sad. And it's not a time to get upset about the things that you're not going to do. This is just going to be another challenge that you're going to power through and you're going to inspire people. And I think that you're going to surprise yourself and you're going to not surprise any of us because we know that you're you're full of you know piss and vinegar when it comes to getting out there and, and getting it done on the bike. So I think that you're still going to have a good summer, my friend. I really do. I, I hope so. And I know you guys are behind me, which is awesome. Yes. Anything else that you guys want to share about? story time injuries no we're trying to promote cycling <laughs> I feel like we're... well it's, it's all got happy endings I mean, <laughs> okay look at you guys you guys are doing great chris will be he'll be doing just fine soon enough and i'm still kind of okay you know i mean it's all good you're more than okay go, go do your bike things ride your bikes be happy so <laughs> uh anyway anything else no no all right we are going to move oh. on. Chris, do you want to call it a day and say goodbye, or do you want to hang out for the rest of the podcast? I think I'm going to cut out and take a nap. Thank oh. you. I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> That's a good idea. Chris, rest, rest up, buddy. Yep. Will do. Yep. You uh, you do you, and go get some rest, and we're looking forward to seeing you make a full recovery. Yep. All right. Sounds good. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, Chris. Thanks for taking the time. Love you, brother. Yeah. See you, man. Love you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. That was fun. You want to do some lead out? Lead out news. Do we want to do that lead out thing? Is did Champ Bailey was he Champ was he Bailey. caught up in all that crap? He's around. I think so. Champ here. Champ I'm Bailey. I'm all about having fun. Yes, so we are into the final week of the Giro d'Italia, and now it has come down to basically Geraint Thomas. I, I cannot Garrett, say it. Yeah. Garrett. Did you Why say do I? Gertain? Gertain Thomas. Oh, my gosh. G. Let's just call him G. 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 Yeah. We have got G. Thomas and Primoz Roglic, and uh, this morning's stage, um, actually, uh, G and Primoz were able to stay together. Uh, they did not uh, win the stage, but uh, they were so they didn't put time on each other. But they did drop Alameda, who lost like twenty seconds today, who was yeah. like third on the podium at the moment. So kind of exciting. It's it's starting to get to the point where the podium is solidifying. There's only three stages left. <laughs> there is another mountain stage tomorrow, and then a very difficult long um, time trial that ends with a very difficult climb and there will right. be time gaps at the time trial. I'm guessing that Roglic is going to try to put something together tomorrow and G will aim for the time trial. That's what I would think, you yep. know, just based on their like strengths and history and yep. whatever. That'll be interesting. So it should be interesting. It's very been interesting. fun and crazy and kind of wild racing. And uh, in the, in the breakaway today, it was Thibaut Pinot again uh, just going for it, um, made it in the break and ended up with just one other guy, but he got out sprinted at the line. Do you feel like he has like kind of the worst, I don't want to say like worst <sighs> luck in cycling <laughs> okay. over it. I don't know if I would call it luck or if he's just, I don't know. He's just had a rough go of it he, over the years. And I'm talking about like whatever, a decade of yeah. cycling that he's been at it. So, well, he has announced his retirement that this, this is, is his last yeah. Giro. Uh, and so to, the, the fact that he was mixing it up today was fantastic. Yeah. And you thought, oh, he's going to win one more stage before he has to retire. Nope. And then he nope. got, he got pipped at the line by an Italian kid. Okay. So, uh, kind of exciting for the Italians. That kid was, uh, thrilled to death. Is he doing the tour? Tivo Pino? I don't know yet. 
I, he, I feel like that's where he needs to like. He probably retire. will be. Like that should be his like. Was that what you were talking about, Steve Lupino? Yes. yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about Cavendish. Sorry, no, I had to step Kev. out because um, yeah, yeah, but I, I'm back. <laughs> uh, no, Tebow Pino. So I, I just heard an announced retirement. So I thought you were talking about Cav. They Cav, both Cav have. also, yeah. yeah, yeah. Dang it, I was trying to be a smart Alec and, and no, no. Did, um, <laughs> we have somewhere if we go back and we look at all of our recordings, a bet on whether or not Cav would win one more stage. I'm sure we went around the table and and all took bets. It's not looking good. I think he's going to get one. I think. Hey, hey. I think he could get yeah. one too, but it's it's not looking good at the moment. He there there was a sprint stage yesterday, and he had made it to the end, but yeah. he got out of position. He did not make it into to the front of the group before right. the sprint. So, and he he barked at he 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 threw a little tantrum like he does. <laughs> yep. He's an asshat. So yeah. he threw a tantrum over it, and I'm not sure what it was. I haven't read about it. I just know that. The reports are that he was barking at somebody. You didn't something. leave me outright. Yeah. Even though you're not on my team. <laughs> right. So pretty crazy. So just a couple more days left in the Giro. Uh, who you got? It's either Primos or, or G. Um, I guess I'll I would I would think that I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Primos Roglic. Um, because I think he will take the lead in this one. Actually, don't think he's not a bad time trialer. So that's the the other kicker. I mean, I think G is a better time trialer, but you know, you slap on that leading pink jersey. It's pink, right? Yeah. And yeah. then you 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 have a special day in the time trial, and he'll hold on to it. So that's my guess. He got a twenty nine second lead over Roglic at the moment. Twenty nine seconds with one more mountain stage, one long time trial, and then the right, pr- right. procession into Rome or whatever. Yeah. So I think he'll pull it off. I think Roglic will win this one. Is this his second win that he would have won if he wins this? Will this be his second win? I think so. I think yeah. that's right. He is who I want to win as well. I oh, have okay. a sneaking suspicion that G's going to win this, though. I don't know why or where he's like pulling this mm-hmm. extra bit of you know oomph Pretty from. Amazing. Yeah. Is he also retiring? Is this his last? Nope. No. Um, he's only he's thirty four or something. He's like thirty four, thirty five, something I, like that. I like him. I actually thirty seven. I hope he wins. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I hope he wins. I would love to see him win. I, I'd love to see him win. I just wish he was doing it another kit. <laughs> and another kit. I, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. I like They're kind of like the Yankees of, of yep. cycling, you know. Yeah. And I guess Yumbo is going to be more like the Red Sox, and then there's a couple other like teams that are. I don't know. Anyway, long story short, I just, I don't know. You don't want to see NES well, win. Yeah, they've got too much money to throw at too many great cyclists, which which is fine. I mean, it's it's good that these guys are getting paid, and you want to see cycling grow. But there's I don't know. It just would be nice if more teams had that kind of money. So yeah. it wasn't yeah. just down to like two and three teams that are like the superpowers of this. Should be interesting. What do you think? Did you already say? I think G's going to pull it off. Okay. I think there is. So I'm is, the only one. Wait, no. You and I, I both want, have I want him, but I think that G, like there's who I want okay. to win and who I think's going to win. And, and you think that G's going to win. Yeah. You think G's going to win. I think, I think that Rogue jersey, is going to win. I think that jersey okay. gives you wings, man. I think yeah. it. I think it motivates you i would like i would love to see g win yeah. but i think roglic is gonna sneak it out i don't yumbo's lost some some riders i mean he's not he still he's has Sep unprotected Kuss. just sep though yeah just sep so yeah sep kuss gives you wings sep kuss gives you wings. <laughs> i mean it's like red bull so there you pretty go sure i'm sure he's got it so we'll see it'll be interesting like to watch that stage tomorrow and see how the you'll be able to tell right away right like if they're like setting things up to really kind of hammer to the yep. base of the hill. And then, you know, we'll yep. see. We'll be able to be. see. 
cool. Panama. So exciting. Um, I alluded to this to this earlier um, about the Gravel Locos, which is not part of the uh, Lifetime Grand Prix, but it is a big, big hitter, big hitter race yeah. mm-hmm. in Texas. Uh, it's a 150 mile gravel race. Interesting thing about this race is the the race promoter um, they they force um, stops at the aid stations, so they don't let is interesting. people ride through. There's like timed. There's a you have to come in and you have to take your time at the aid station before you head out. So, as a cyclist, though, you you almost kind of like quietly appreciate that. Like, yeah, oh, I have yeah. I have a second. I can just take a breather. Mm-hmm. I can stretch real quick, or I can get some fluids, or grab a bite to eat, or something like that. What comes into the whole strategy too, where it's like get right on that time and be right, ready to oh, go yeah. and yeah. have all your stuff done. I don't know. It's interesting. There, there was controversy with the winner, which we probably don't have time to get into today because we have talked quite a bit already. But Adam Roberge, he's a um, Canadian. Uh, he ended up winning the race. Um, he was in the final move with um, with Pace and McKelvin, and I can't remember the other guy's name, Jasper or something. But uh, but Jasper and Pace and both crashed out, and so he ended up winning. Um, but the controversy came because um, Adam, for the last several years, has been kind of disregarding the spirit of gravel and has been employing the road racing tactics, which is what he grew up from. You cannot disregard and, the spirit of the gravel. And he has he he doesn't he doesn't do his fair share of work mm. in the front brakes. So usually in these in these gravel races, the you know the 10 or 12 or 15 guys that all have a chance to win the race all end up off the front together and they generally share the work yep. and Adam skips pulls. And so the other racers don't like him. Now, are you watching the actual races or seeing the footage nope. of this happening? Nope. I'm curious to see like I have no idea. Is he just immediately pulling off the front? As no soon as idea. Th- yeah, I'm curious. Or if he's just skipping it like when the guy in front of him peels off, he peels off with him. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what's happening. I'll pull up some footage on that. Yeah, but I know that um, it, it angers the other riders. Sure. Um, but he did win this race, and he was one of the guys. Remember the the big kerfluffle last year at Steamboat? Yeah. Where there there was right. Yeah. Uh, where where Keegan finally yelled expletives at somebody who I'm guessing was Adam <laughs> and basically said F you and said and took off because he wouldn't do his pulls and Keegan ended up winning. You yeah. know, he ended up pulling away. But uh yeah he he has a reputation for doing this and hence the reputation the other riders have kind of been angry at him. But I don't I don't know what to think about it because um it is a strategy to not take pulls and save yourself. And it's not something that really has taken over in gravel. Um, and so the other Raiders are mad at him. And there was a whole Vela News article about it, about, you know, him okay. trying to say, hey, I'm just doing what... You're racing. Well, I'm, I'm racing. There's I mean, no rules if, against this. If this was a one-day classic race, how would we feel about the same situation? Yeah, it'd be very different. It'd be, it'd be different. I, the thing is, is he gets villainized. He's been getting villainized for it, Adam Roberge. That that you right. know he's not somebody you want in the break with you because he's not going to help it's keep the break away, you know. I'm so. come back and bite him in the butt though. At some point in time, it, these guys are going to be like, "How do we get rid of this guy?" Like it did at at Steamboat last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, it did. 
It's not very Canadian of him. It's not very it's Canadian not nice. of him. Must no, be no. French Canadian or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> Probably French Canadian. <laughs> French Canadians. So anyway, that's that's what happened with there, and uh, I don't have any other results. Awesome. Champ out. <laughs> Thank you, champ. Matt, is there anything in the triathlon-y, runny world that Oof, you need we to... Need, we need Evan here for that. I haven't actually like kept a close eye on it. Um, Any more fallout? With, there was uh, like a Chattanooga, I think half Ironman or something like yeah. that. Um, Any more positive tests? Uh, no more positive drug tests that I know of. So That's there's, good. There's that. That's a positive thing. Cool. Not having positives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So triathlon. Sweet. We're getting into the thick of it now. It is. Summer season starting to pick up. It's just the season. Yep. Cool. Let's jump into our back pedal. I know that we already did a bunch of talking about this race, but uh, let's talk about what happened last week. And Matt, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I can always go first. I'm I'm pretty quick. I've been just the same old stuff, running a little bit. You know, I did a beaches night the other day. I saw that. How was that? It was fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in bad shape. Like usually, I like you you and I would go and we would. Crush everybody. Like we would yep. dominate that yeah. thing. We would crush. And I got dropped. Like a bad habit. Really? Yeah. But you were probably on a road bike and they're all on TT bikes. I was TT on a road bikes. bike and they're on TT bikes. But still, yeah. like you and I used to be able to oh, do yeah. just fine. Yeah. And uh, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. These old legs, they don't have what they used to have in them. <laughs> I, it, it helps if you train. And uh, I might try that, you know. <laughs> was it well attended? Were there a bunch Peaks of Peaks and valleys, Matt. Peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys. Uh, there, there was... Um, it's, it's not massive. There was probably seven to 10 people. Oh, that's not bad. And then, but, but only a subset of that are pushing at the front. Yeah. So who was the prime instigator there? You no, know, Bob Croucher's fit and, pushing uh, hard right now. Yeah. So good on him. Yep. Cool. Good for him. He's strong. Anything else? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm biking a little bit here and there just because I need to get, you know, footage for uh video that's coming up. So that's like a, cycling computer comparison thing and so mm-hmm. i was out you 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 would you would like this because you know went out to that same country road that i always go to yeah. to film stuff and film stuff out there we rode it yesterday yes, we climbed did. around a little bit you guys rode it yesterday yeah did you do the little climb in the back back there we, we did it the other way the opposite other direction. direction yeah yeah okay it was great it's, cool. n- it's nice out there it's beautiful yep cool Lance Hepler, you yeah. raced your bicycle. I did race my bike a couple not, times. Not only the Rally of the Valley, where we just spent a half an hour talking about it. Oh, it was much more than that, but yeah. But <laughs> uh, the day before, we had the Silver Falls cross country mountain bike oh, race. Oh, yeah. I meant yeah. to ask you about that. Down, was, was it gorgeous? Down, it was gorgeous. The, cool. the trail was in like primo condition. Um, this was a 20 mile race with roughly 2,000 feet of climbing in it or something like that. I can't remember yeah that's fine um but um in my field actually Surratt was there with me because he raced in the Clydes and we generally race at the same time and so we spent you know the morning warming up together and prepping things and I had rode the day before so I could give him a little trail beta about you know what was happening but long story short uh in the 50 to 59 age group I I ended up winning by like four minutes you don't say. Yeah. Congratulations. So, Hi, boy. It was pretty good. I, you know, as far as all the medium course guys, I'm actually feeling really, really quite good, good. lately. So my legs feel good. My lungs feel good. I feel some power in my legs, which is fantastic. And so, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I had a good time. So I've won all four races so far in the XC series in my age group. So I'm trying to keep that. How uh, many are left in the rolling. series? There's three more races. Okay. Uh, Sister Stampede is one. 
which is this Sunday. Okay. Just in a couple days. Um, this is actually this sister stampede is like the most important race for me is in this series because it's the one I've wanted to win for a long time and I've never been in a spot where I could. And what is it that you want so bad out of this win? The belt buckle. Belt buckle. Belt the winner buckle, gets people. a freaking belt buckle and I've been so close a couple times and I don't have it. So not yet. Not yet. Stay tuned. So we'll I there's 80 people in my category for this race. 80. 80. Wow. 78 registered for Will you get your own solid wave just you or are they going to mix it up with other people no, too? No, it'll be just us, okay. but it's like 2 minutes behind the 40s. So you're still going to be, be able dealing. to start towards the front. I'm going to try. Try. And then you'll have to deal with a lot of traffic. Yes, I'll have to deal with some traffic. There's no call up for series leaders or I have no idea. I do not think so. There huh. never has been. You just have to be there early. Be and there early and kind of be that guy. Be that guy. <laughs> so that's I'm hoping for some some good stuff. Um I, I there's many names I don't recognize, so I have no idea where I'm gonna stack up, but I'm gonna freaking go for it. So we'll see how it goes. Cool. So that's happening there. Uh, there are two other races. One I'm going to miss, and then because I'll be in North Carolina, and then the last race is at Alcea Falls down by Corvallis, and that one has oh, okay. more points than the other race, so I kind of need to go do that one too. So we'll see how that goes. We'll be back for that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just a, a couple things about the Rally of the Valley. I, so that was on Saturday. On Sunday, me and Jake and Ian and Chris, we all talked about it, did this road race. And David Barna. And David Barna, sorry, David. Um, and we all raced together because it was a three, four, five master's field. So all the threes, fours, and fives that were 40 plus, 50 plus, and 60 plus all raced together. And there was maybe 25 of us in there. I think there was more than that, yeah. 25 people in there. 25, 30 people, somewhere there. Yeah. yeah. And it was 47 miles with only like 1,800 feet of climbing. So there was one significant climb, um, and there was a gravel section as oh, well. Oh, really? There was a one-mile flat gravel section, which... There was a lot of gravel on that. There was there a lot were, of gravel. There were spots where it had like a nice, clean, kind of maybe like foot-like wide lane that you could ride yeah, on some yeah. like compact dirt, which if you're in that, you're fine. But if you deviated from that, you're going to hit some stuff that some was stuff. a little chunky, not necessarily yeah. ideal for road it's tires. It's worth but, finding that one spot. Yeah. Okay. So we, we had five teammates in that race, and so we were kind of trying to... Yep, set it up. We were trying to boss it yeah, a little bit, trying to control the field a little bit, and we were trying to set somebody up for a breakaway. Breakaway never took. So at that point, it was, let's save Jake's legs for the uh, for the final sprint. But uh, with that climb, actually, Surratt and I both thought that we would not make it over the climb with the group because neither of us tend to climb with the roadies as well. We, we kind of detach, and... On the third lap, we did detach, but we only lost about 15 seconds. And um, Chris and I were able to get back Pull together. Back on, yeah. Well, yeah, so me and Chris, and we picked up two other people, and we knew we had to kind of drill it because it was like six miles from the finish line. And so we started to work very hard together to try to pull back to the group. Luckily, Jake and David and Ian had slowed the field just a bit yeah yeah so that last climb like lance and chris were ahead of me going into it 
And then they started to fall back. And I'm like, oh crap, this isn't going to be good. And but the problem that I was dealing with is my legs, and, and I'll get into it in the reason, the reasoning behind this why it happened in the first place. My my legs were starting to cramp, so my quads were not feeling happy. And mm. I basically, you, when you only ride a bike, you can really engage your hamstrings and your glutes a lot more, yeah. and you, it's not ideal because it creates this really ugly pedal stroke, but I'm like, I, I have to do this to get over this climb. And so I came around Chris, I came around Lance, and I'm not sure how far ahead of you guys I got, but I came over that that peak and they were a bit ahead of me. And so I had to bomb through that that downhill section, the tight, the, the tight yes, turns. Catch them. And I it probably took me maybe like a half mile to three quarters of a mile to catch back onto the group. But a second I caught back onto the group, I knew that it was going to be in our best interest to somehow slow down the peloton to give you guys a chance to get back on so that we could have more numbers for the finish. Yes. So I rode right through the peloton, right up to Ian, right up to Dave, and I said, we need to slow this down. You guys need to help me slow it down so Lance and Chris can catch back on. We need to give them a chance. And sure enough, we were able to work together, yeah. and we were able to kind of bring the pace back a little bit, and um, it, it, you guys were able to jump back on. It worked. We had to work very hard, but we we were able to catch back on with enough time to recover before the final sprint. Yeah. And we all know how the final sprint went. Not great. <laughs> we had the accident, but um, I still ended up second in the 50 field, and Ian ended up second in the 60 field. Which is kind of crazy because, I mean, Ian easily should have won that. Yes. And he would have had he not crashed, but he was ahead uh, of the other guy, but he sat in the ditch for like five minutes before he got up and walked across the finish line. finish line for second place. <laughs> and and the, the other competitors that got dropped were like minutes upon minutes back. So like 12 minutes back. Yeah. So he yeah. was able to beat them that way, which was kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll pick up from there. We get to uh, the point where Lance and Chris kind of able to come back together. And then there were some shenanigans and some people trying to like launch off the front or get into a break before we get into the, you know, the finish area. And, you know, we're probably three, two, three miles out and there was yep. attacks here and there. And there was some like, like funny haha moments in there. And I don't get need to get into that. It, it, too much just people saying how they're going to pick on other people or going to make people hurt and all this <laughs> fun stuff but uh we we come around and for whatever reason i i was still thinking that we had like another mile to go and then i see the 1k i'm like well crap because <laughs> the way that we were doing the circuit was um you know you weren't going back to the finish you would like cut off before you get to the finish right and i just wasn't i was i couldn't remember exactly how far it was when once we didn't have to turn right to go back onto the course again versus going straight to go back to the finish I, I couldn't remember exactly how far it was. And then all of a sudden you see the 1K. I'm like, crap, I thought I had another mile or two to kind of get my legs shook out and to, to make them feel a little bit better because my quads, like I said, were cramping really bad. We get to 1K, things start to pick up, and I'm like, where's Chris? Where's Lance? Where's Ian? I thought we were going to have this train going in, and, and where's Barna? And and it just didn't happen. It just we weren't organized, right? No. And so I was sitting about fourth wheel, and it starts kicking up a little bit. They start ramping up, and we get – to 200 meters and that's where everybody goes you go just inside of 200 meters and the the two point guys get up and they start going fast and then one of the guys fell off and it was just me and two guys and i'm i came around them immediately because i was i'm a sprinter right i can go a little bit harder than them i'm like this is not where i want to be but i'm under normal circumstances if i'm not dealing with cramps i can make that work the second i got out of the saddle to start sprinting both quads cramped cramped Couple pedal strokes later, both hammies cramped. <laughs> Couple pedal strokes later, right calf cramps, and we're 
50 meters out and I'm breaking cramps. They're like, my quads are like wanting to go into tetany. Like you've had that before where you've had a really bad cramp and like you, like let's say it's like your calf and you stand up and you, you can't push your foot down yes. because it's locked. Uh, it, it was almost that bad with my quads. So every pedal stroke, I was breaking that kind of a cramp and then trying to disengage the quad and pulling it back with your hamstring was causing the hamstring to cramp. So it was like, it's like very mechanical, very clunky, very ugly, very painful getting to the, the line. But I see the line and we're getting closer and closer and closer. And it's me and I don't see anybody else. I'm like, can I make this? And all of a sudden I see this wheel sneak up on the right. And not, like you're looking down at, it, at the corner of your eye. I'm like, no. <laughs> and it just inches by me and we're right at the line and like a little bit of a bike throw. He beat me by like, you know, inches or whatever. Kudos to Jason. He did a good job of making it work. He gets the win. I came in second in the field sprint and uh, took second overall and second in the uh, the forty plus. Yeah, forty so, plus. Yeah. So and Jason Evans won it, and Scott Schultz was third. Third. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a cool picture of all three of us, yeah. and it was it was fun. It was fun racing with Scott Schultz too. So yeah, he, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. So great race minus the minus the uh, crash at the end. Crashing shenanigans. Yeah. So anyway. That's it. Yeah, good times. Yep. Yeah, we did all the other normal weekly stuff. But yep, we did some gravel rides, which was pretty spicy, and mm-hmm. uh, an flogging easy ride last week flogging, was oh my god, that, that one that was spicy, spicy. <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I skipped it because I was trying to save my legs. There you for, go, yeah. smart for, for double Saturday. race. Well, yeah, yeah. I, and I did allude to this before. Like, I didn't think I was going to be able to do that road race. I honestly didn't think I didn't actually totally get like full clearance and full like commitment until it was like 8 30 or 9 o'clock the night before i did not set up my week because i thought there's no yes, way i'm gonna be able to make right. it down there so i went hard on tuesday and i went hard on thursday and i did all my other stuff and throughout the week you just get busy and but when you have a race especially for me i get like a little worked up about that and you're always doing all the right things taking all the right steps i'm always over hydrating i'm, I'm yeah. taking in different kinds of foods i'm trying to sleep a little bit differently i'm trying to like soften up my schedule ahead of time so i can have a little bit of rest so i can go into it fresh right none of that none of that I was yeah. a little bit dehydrated. Um, I I did way too much work. I mean, I wouldn't have been out doing the flogging ride and coming back with an MP of like three forty something. And I I think my max watts from one of the sprints that finished was like fifteen hundred and forty watts or something like that. I would not have <laughs> On done the any flogging ride. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done all that stuff. I would have saved it. So, oh my god. But uh, it is what it is. It's still bike racing. Still had fun. I just wish that it didn't end the way that it did. Yeah. Not talking about the second place, I'm talking about the, the crash. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, let's let's wrap this thing up, boys. Let's do one last thing. One last thing. Um I trying to re- what did I post last week? Oh, um Garmin Instinct 2X Solar I posted last week. Yeah. Video about that watch. How's it great, doing? Great watch. Yeah. Yep. I think I talk about the dial cycling lab and picking up one there. So when you get one, post it or post something about it. And then we'll. Oh, send I forgot to look that into way. that for you. I swear that that's posted. I got to go make sure it's not a draft. Okay. Oh no. Do that. Because um, <laughs> oh. I did have some people say like, "Oh, where's the where's yeah. where's the?" Where's I will the get link? that where's fixed that? for you, Matt. I'm sorry. And then um, I think the I think I'm gonna be able to get a video out this week. It's always a scramble to get video every single week. It's so bad. Um, but this will be the comparison between the Garmin Edge 840, the Wahoo Rome version two, and the Hammerhead Karoo two. So that video I. Hope it'll be either it'll either be Friday morning or Saturday morning when that goes live. So yeah, that's Mine's, my that's Mine's my and plan. I working on the same one. Yeah, 
We should. Okay. It'll be great. It, it, cool. There's there's room for everyone. Have to, you come on and make fun of us? So. Nope. <laughs> You'll do a better job than me for sure. Hep, one last thing. Uh, yeah, just that I'm racing Sister Stampede on Sunday down in Sisters, Oregon. Good luck with uh, that. That'd be good. Yeah, it should be. It should be good. The weather looks um, not hot, which would, oh. would be That's kind good. of a relief. Would be kind of nice. So. It's gonna get really hot, like on Thursday and Friday, and then like on Saturday, I think it drops something like fifteen degrees or like something. Yeah, cool. yeah. And then shortly after that, I'm leaving for Kansas for Unbound. So like the very next day. You looking forward to that? And I'll be. I am not looking forward to it as much as I was a week ago because yeah. Surat no, no and I were going together, and it was kind of a me and Surat and David Barna thing. We mm-hmm. were all going together, and now Surat's not there, and so. Are you going to go from sisters on to, are you going to no, come home first? I'm going to come home first. Come home, pack up. Yep. Gear up. Pack okay. up and then go. Cool. Big trip. Big trip. Is that it? That's it. Cool. My one last thing. Um, I, we, we talked to Chris and I just wanted to give a heartfelt thank you to our team. Our team was, as soon as they found out that Chris was in a bad way, as well as Ian too, everybody's like, what can we do? How can we help? What can we do? How can we help? It was just like, I, yep. I got pinged by everybody. So um, we set something up where the team could communicate and we said, you know, here's what we can do. I mean, let's try and make things easy on the family. Let's, let's see if we can raise a few bucks to, uh, you know, get them some food so they can not have to worry about that. And like, we'll do like Grubhub, right? You order some food from local places and they deliver to you and then you eat. You don't have to worry about anything. You take all that stuff, you throw it away because you're not doing dishes and you move on, right? Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, all right, here's my goal. I want to I want to raise a few bucks. And I'm not going to throw out the actual numbers, but I'm like, I'm just going to go ahead and buy this ahead of time just so I can give it to uh, Chris and Corey so that they can at least have that in their back pocket to start using because they're all over the place. I mean, she's having to drive like an hour-ish, 45 minutes to it's go. Like 45 minutes to see the hospital. And house to the hospital. They've got two teenage kids, and they're they're driving all over the place. I'm like, maybe this can at least get the, the wheels turning on, on getting them fed. And I have this number in the back of my head, and I'm like, if we don't even come close, I'll just cover the difference. Not a big deal. And so I went ahead and purchased a thing, and I sent it over to him, and then we put that out through the team. The team blew me away with respect to how much support they gave. It was so much so that I was able to actually buy them a whole nother thing, <laughs> and it's going to help out with uh, you know some things getting covered and whatnot. So it's just a really good thing, and we're able to help Ian out as well, which is really good. Fantastic. So I just wanted to say thank you to the team. This team yes. is fantastic. They, guys, they really, they really stepped up. Yeah. It was really, it was heartwarming to see yeah. how, how people stepped up. Yeah, so. I mean, we've always preached since day one, like the chemistry. We need to keep our chemistry intact. It's always about the chemistry, and we always got to make sure that we're like doing what's in the best interest of the team and making sure that we're bringing good people on. And they did not disappoint, and they proved all that. You know. Then why'd you let me on the team? I don't know. Uh-huh. I, 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 we've, we've let some mistakes happen. <laughs> mistakes have happened. <laughs> All right, we will be back next week with another one of these. Thanks for listening, and until then, bye for now.